1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, the long weekend edition, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan. He's the expert on all matters real estate, and he's with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, so here we are, the beginning of August. Let's look back at July. How was it? July was awesome. For York Region specifically, last year in July... We had 836 transactions. This year in July, we had 1,149. That's a 37.4% increase over last year. And, you know, last June, or for June, we had said, hey, this is great. June was up 2%. But 37.4%, that's pretty incredible. Now, what accounts for that growth? Pent-up demand. And as we were talking about, you know how sales were down about 50, 51% over the last, uh, for the first five months of the year. And we had said, you know, wait, wait till June, that will kickstart the market, and then we'll start to make up ground. So right now, York Region is down about 30% over 2017, which was a crazy hot year. But we're starting to make up ground. So by the end of the year, that gap, that gap will close. And, you know, we'll see that York Region has rebounded. This is this is huge for the region itself. I mean, there's still a lot more on the market. There's uh, there was 5,342 homes on the market for July, and last year we only had 4,179. So what you're seeing is you're seeing steady growth in the region, and that's because there's more selection. So last year we didn't have inventory, and that's why you saw the multiple offers and the crazy pricing. That's what drove the market up as much as it did. This year, you're seeing more of a balance, which is great to see. And at the same time, you can tell that consumer confidence is back and people are out there buying. And so are you seeing, I know that it's not as crazy as as early last year, but are you seeing multiple offers? Are you seeing um, going over asking? We are. And what you're seeing is the houses are now priced according to this year's market. And when you have that in any type of market, when you're priced for the market, you're going to get full full asking. You're going to get over asking. But what you're not going to get because of the inventory that we have right now, you're not going to get the $100,000 over asking or the $150,000 over asking and 17 offers. It's more of a balance, which is great for the market, and it's great for buyers and sellers. Okay, but what about those sellers who say, oh, I should have sold last year. I missed the boat. What do you say to them? It's not necessarily missing the boat because when you're selling a house, you're also going to be buying a house. So even if you sold and you received multiple offers, when you went to buy, you would be in multiple offers. So it all balances out. Okay. And in terms of inventory, is there inventory out there? And what is it? Are we looking at uh, condo sales that are on the rise? Are they detached homes? Are they new builds? What are we looking at? So the trend continues to be uh, higher density housing is on the rise. So you've got condos, townhouses, semi-detached. They are on the rise. There's a shift in that market. And that's why in some uh, areas of the region, you see that the average price seems to be falling. It's not really falling. It's just a shift in what people are buying. But when you compare detached to detached and semis to semis and towns to towns, you do see a slight increase. So even though it's not 
10% or 15% increase in price, you are seeing a 1.7, 2.5% increase uh, across the region, which is great news because that's, that, that's something that's steady and, and, and we're, we're okay with that. And so when you're seeing, you know, maybe that, um, that house price uh, decline in areas in the region, is that reflective of the, the condo that they're purchasing? Is that what's going on out there? Well, the average condo in the region is $492,000, the average price. The average detached home is still around the $900,000 mark. So when you see more people going towards the condos or towns or the semis, you're going to see the perception that price is coming down, but it's not necessarily coming down. If you want to buy a detached, you're not going to get a huge deal on a detached home. You're going to pay market value for it, which is great because you're not paying 10 or 15% extra in multiple offers. Now, you said the average price of a condo is approaching half a million bucks. The average price of a home is approaching a million dollars. What what does that get you? What does the half a million get you in a condo? What does the million dollars get you in a house? The half a million could get you a, a one plus one or a two bedroom condo. And the million dollars is going to get you a nice detached home, four bedrooms, and, uh, you know, in a, in a nice part of town. So you've got good selection right now. Uh, there's inventory across the board. So it's not like one segment does not have inventory. We were really short on detached inventory for 2017, which caused the prices to go up as much as they did. But now you're starting to see a, a very balanced market out there. What do you say to those listeners like me when you just said that a one plus one condo could, you know, could get four fifty five hundred thousand dollars and and we're left sort of shaking our heads going you know wow that's a lot how do you manage that what do you say to those buyers that maybe are hesitant reluctant to jump in when you compare the pricing in the region for condos you're looking at about five hundred dollars a square foot if you go into Toronto, you're going to pay about seven fifty to eight hundred dollars a square foot. If you go into other cities around the world, like a Chicago or a New York or London, England, you're going to pay about twelve hundred dollars a square foot. So York Region is probably one of the best deals for condos right now at five hundred dollars a square feet. Okay, and in terms of you know what's happening in your own office, I always enjoy when you share an anecdotal story about you know whether it's one of your agents or a client, what's been happening. Uh, this week in uh, in the office, sales are brisk. We're getting a lot of appointments. We're getting a lot of showings on our, our uh, listings, and the buyers are out. So the confidence is just up across the board. So whether you're a buyer, a seller, a real estate agent, the confidence really came back to the market in June. What you're going to start to see is, you know, summer is the new spring. So whatever uh, would have happened in a typical year in say. April or May, you're starting to see that happening in June, July, August. The market's going to continue. It's going to keep building on the momentum that June and July have brought. And we're going to start to see this go into October and November. So it's going to be a pretty strong market. We're very excited about it. Our agents are excited about it. And our buyers and sellers are out there and they're still willing to buy. Usually by August, it starts to quiet down. We're not seeing that right now. Okay, and it's not going to quiet down around here as well. When we come back, we learn more about the effects of the stress test on the real estate market and still ahead this week's hot listing. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him. 
416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Or email ossif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Happy to welcome back one of our regulars from the Mortgage Center, Lucy Galliardi. Lucy, thank you for joining us. Thanks once again for having me, Asif. Hi, Tina. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lucy. Lucy, we've heard so much talk just in the last six months or so about this stress test now. At the beginning, people were stressed about it and uh, wanted to know what it entails. And I know we had you on and you explained it all. But for our listeners that are tuning in for the first time, tell us what that stress test is. So, yes, the stress test has become quite, quote unquote, stressful uh, for everyone. But essentially what it is, is uh, anyone that is qualifying for a mortgage now needs to qualify at 2% above the rate that they're paying or they'll have to qualify at uh, the Government of Canada benchmark, which is about, it's 5.34% right now. So while you're not going to actually pay 2% more than the interest rate or the 5.34% uh, per se, it's uh, you do have to qualify at that, so it, it, it's tightened up, um, you know, regulations, and it's it's put a lot of people out there that normally would be able to afford to buy a property. Um, you know, it's, it's basically taken them off the map with regards to buying. A hundred thousand people. The last report says a hundred thousand Canadians have been prevented from buying a home because of the stress test. That's right. So eighteen percent is basically the percentage of prospective buyers who could currently afford their preferred purchase who actually failed the stress test. So of those affected, essentially the average household income adjustment is that needed is about $28,750. So it's a lot of money that um, you know a household now has to come up with to buy exactly what it is they want. Now, what are you seeing? Are you seeing buyers that would be affected by this? So, so say of of the buyers that you have, are they adjusting their purchase price? Are they? I mean, we're seeing uh, across the entire Toronto market and New York region, especially people are going more towards high density housing rather than detached. So we but can actually see that's the exactly shift. What I'm seeing. Yeah, we can see the shift in in you know semi detached and townhouses and condos as those categories increase the number of sales, the detached categories coming down. But when we first talked about this in October or November of 2017, in anticipation of the January launch of the stress test, we had said it's going to take people three to six months to get comfortable with the new reality. Are you seeing that now? Is, right. is there educational pieces that have been put out? So. I'm definitely seeing that now. People are definitely educating themselves uh, quite a bit more. Um, but the other thing that I'm seeing as well is, is you know, aside from, um, let's say, a, a client who was able to purchase a detached is now purchasing a townhouse, or a person that wanted to purchase a townhouse is now purchasing a condo. What I'm seeing as well is I'm seeing people moving outside of the areas that they really want to live in to areas that are a lot more affordable. So 
To answer your question, yes, everybody is sort of finding their way through this stress test. It is rather stressful, though, and and there are a lot of people that have been basically intimidated and, uh, you know, have just decided, no, we're just going to rent for a little while longer. So those are some of the things that I've seen over the last six months since the stress test was, uh, was implemented. Are you also, like, with with the actual stress test, now there has to be other avenues that are available to home buyers. Are you seeing that in terms of alternative lending or is there Definitely. a way that, that people can still qualify for a home purchase but maybe not have to go through a stringent stress test process that, uh, you know, the big five are, are obviously trying to get? Yes, there are financial institutions out there, um, specifically credit unions that may not necessarily take into or that are not actually using the stress test. Um, there are some B lenders as well, but with B lenders, you're paying higher interest rates, and generally, it's you know higher interest rates, fees. Um, the credit union is definitely where a client wants to go if, you know, they want to avoid these stress tests. But with that being said, even a credit union will qualify you at whatever their rate is, which is generally a little higher than the the, the bank. Uh, I believe an average five-year five fixed right now for a credit union would be in the 3.69, 3.79 range. Um, but you, you would have to qualify with a 25-year amortization as opposed to uh, the 30-year amortization with a credit union. So there are alternative options, um, you know, and I say this over and over again. It really is about determining what's really important to you and, and getting enough education to be able to make the decision as to whether or not it's a good time for you to buy now or later. I, I mean, there's no better time to buy other than now because at the end of the day, you know, values still are going up. We don't know essentially where uh, mortgage rules are going to go, if they're going to become any more stringent or what have you. So I I always say have a look to see what you can do right now and work within those parameters. And and almost one-fifth of Canadians that, you know, will not qualify for the stress test or or will not meet the standards that the stress test has set out, this would be a great opportunity for them. Because if you think about it, if 18%, which is almost one-fifth, are not able mm-hmm. to qualify now. Uh, sales are down twelve and a half percent. So that's mm-hmm. where that's where the sales activity is. It's it's pretty much the stress test affecting sales across the board and and preventing people from getting into the housing market. But if they can if they can afford it, so it says that eighteen percent that would be able to afford their payment don't qualify. But if you were to put them that's through right. a credit union or you know alternative financing then not only would they qualify, they may pay a little bit more, but it gets them into the market. I completely agree with you there. And, and that's the conversation generally that I have with my clients who, who don't qualify uh, or aren't qualifying with the stress test is, you know, look outside the box, think outside the box a little bit. If you really want to get in the market, you can get into the market for the most part. I mean, there are circumstances where people can't, but there's just, so much hype about, you know, the quote-unquote stress test that just 
just the word stress test has a, a horrible connotation. It just has such a negative connotation to it. And, uh, you know, it, it has become so stressful that people are really just stepping back. And I don't think that they should be stepping back. So, Lucy, just before we wrap things up, if you were to offer our listeners one piece of advice about, um, you know, getting into the market and starting to have anxiety about that stress test, how do they get past it? What's that one piece of advice for them? They need to get pre-qualified. They need to talk to a mortgage agent, not necessarily the bank. And I, you know, I, I don't say that for any reason other than you have to fit within these you know, within this very tiny box to qualify at the bank, but talk to your mortgage agent, give them the numbers, uh, you know, give them your income numbers, how much down payment you have. Uh, make sure you have all of your documents in order to give to them so they can give you accurate numbers and find out. I mean, it doesn't hurt to call somebody and have a look to see what, you, what you'd be qualified for. Some people may very well be very surprised with what their options are and what they can do. So basically, it's don't believe the hype. You know, there there are ways that you can still yeah. qualify, even with yep. the stringent confines of the stress test. You just have to be able to look at alternatives that suit your needs to get you into a house. That's right. And you have to really determine how important it is for you to buy at this point in time. Like, what, what is your current circumstance as well? So that'll have, that'll have a bearing on this as well. And And quite honestly, with the... With the prices continuing to climb, even if you're paying, you know, a, a slight amount higher than what you would pay at the big five, if you did qualify, you're still going to make that up as the house prices increase. So it's probably a good time to get in, great time to talk to a lender and and feel out your options. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. Um, and keep in mind as well that when you look at, at an alternative option, you don't necessarily have to stay there for four or five years. You can take a term for one year, two years, uh, even three years if you have to, and figure out what you have to do to get yourself within, you know, that square box. Oftentimes, uh, when a client is placed in or when I place a client with an alternative lender, um, it really is with the intention of bringing them back out within a certain period of time, whether it's a year or two years or three years. So you don't necessarily have to stay there forever. Great advice. Thank you very much, Lucy, for shedding some light on the stress test. Thank you so much again for having me. Thanks again, Lucy. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. You're listening to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. Here we go, Asif. Let's go. The first one is from Jerry in Aurora. He wants to learn more about this idea of letting potential buyers stay in the home for a weekend. Have you heard of this idea, and what do you think? <laughs> that is opening up a can of worms. Now, Jerry, you're probably, you probably mean that if the house closes on Monday, let them move in for the weekend. But 
there's a lot of liability issues. There's issues with what if what happens if something goes wrong and the house doesn't close. Now you're gonna have a hard time getting these people out. And third and and foremost is the insurance issue. So who's insurance? If they don't own the house, they don't have insurance on it. And if you own the house, your insurance is responsible for anything that happens. So if the house burns down or if, uh, you know, if the house burns down, the insurance company is going to say, well, these people aren't authorized to live in your house. There's so many things that could go wrong with that. You really need to consult with a lawyer and make sure that uh, they address any anything that could possibly go wrong and protect you in that. Because so in a nutshell, I'm going to say it's a bad idea. Do not do it. But you'd want to consult with your lawyer because there's so many different things that could happen that could affect you and also affect the um, the sale itself. If something happens to the house over the weekend, now you're unable to deliver that house to them on closing. How does that play out? So playing devil's advocate here, is there anything good about this idea? What about the idea that, you know what, this might secure the deal for that potential buyer. This might allow them to kick the tires, as they say, before they actually sign on the dotted line. You're saying don't do it. Don't do it. It's not like a car where you take it out for a test drive, because what if they do move in and they decide over the weekend, you know what, we really don't like the neighbors, so we're not moving in, and then the deal falls apart. So... You, I mean, it, you have to let the buyers do their due diligence, obviously, but at the same time, letting them live in the house prior to closing is a bad idea. Okay, our next question comes from Susie and King. She heard this week that her township was listed number 18 in the top 25 places to live in Canada. What do you think about this distinction, and what is that draw in King? Is her property value also going to go up? You know, King, King has been, uh, you know, the sleeping giant in, in York region. King Township has larger lots. People are moving there. There's a lot of, you know, luxury and executive homes in that area. So you're starting to see a lot of, uh, you know, people move there. That that one, it's income per capita is is going up in King, and at the same time, you get a lot of more land than you would in like a Markham or Richmond Hill or anything like that. So you're starting to see that uh, King Township is also developing a lot of amenities now. Now that they're getting a lot more people in there, you're starting to see plazas come up and schools come up. So, you know, it's it's not a surprise that King was ranked that high and, and King should actually be moving up. So it is a good place to buy. Now, we also heard in this uh, in this article, and it was from Money Sense magazine, that um, I believe Newmarket also made the top 25. They did. And, and again, Newmarket with the development all around Davis Drive with the hospital and everything, you're starting to see a lot more people head to Newmarket. Newmarket has really grown into, uh, you know, a, a huge part of York region. So, you know, with upper before they had Upper Canada Mall and that was about it. But now they've got amenities surrounding that. They've got, you know, a lot of schools coming up there. There's a lot of younger families moving there. And with the hospital becoming a teaching hospital, you've got a lot of professionals moving to the area as well. Great to see York Region counted in the top 25 for sure. Time now for our hot listing of the week. Joining us in studio is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week's hot listing is a stunning Cape Cod bungalow backing onto the first tee at the Kings Bay Country Club in Seagrave. This home has three bedrooms, two bathrooms, nine-foot ceilings. It has a huge sunroom off the back and a finished basement with a games room. You know, this would be a perfect property for anyone looking to downsize, and the community is perfect for anyone looking to retire. 
That sounds lovely. You said Cape Cod, and you just got me in right there. Asif, what do you think about this property? I think it's a great property, and, and it's right on the golf course. I mean, you have a lot of people moving from the region because they just they want to step just outside of the region, and you you've got so many different areas that you could go to because people are taking the money that they've made in, in terms of equity in their houses in Markham, and they just want to go somewhere quieter to retire. This is a great little retirement community. Being right on the golf course, that's a huge attraction. You get lots of land, and you're not that far out of the region. And you call it smart sizing, right? It is, yeah. Okay, so Heather, tell us one more time the highlights of this property and where folks can get more information. Okay, this property is listed at $778,800, and they can contact Team Johnson for more information at 905-554-5522. Terrific. Thanks for joining us, Heather. Thanks, Tina. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.